0: The infallible Pope and the only true prophet on earth meet. Next on Polygamy, what love is this? On Saturday, March 9th of 2019, the day before the LDS temple in Rome was dedicated, The Roman Catholic Pope and the Mormon President Nelson had a meeting where they exchanged gifts and accolades. It was all over the news. All over the news, yeah. (laughs) And of course here in Utah it was way over the top. (laughs) But this was the first time for both religions that their leaders met. And the event should be of deep concern, I think, (laughs) for those who know and believe what previous leaders of the Mormon church taught. And of course polygamy group people would know immediately what was wrong with that picture. On the MRM.org website, in an article written by Eric Johnson, he made an excellent and valid point as he brought to our memory something that Joseph Smith claimed. We want to quote that.
1: We all read this many times as good Mormons. According to the Joseph Smith History, chapter 1, verse 19 in the Pearl of Great Price and one of the four standard works in Mormonism, Joseph Smith asked God which church he should join and was told that he must join none of them. For they were all wrong, and the personage who addressed me said that all their creeds were an abomination in his sight, that those professors were all corrupt, that they draw near to me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They teach for doctrines the commandments of men, having a form of godliness, but they deny the power thereof. If God truly said this, then these points must be understood. All, not some, of their creeds were an abomination in his sight, Their professors, priests, and pastors, were all, not partially, corrupt. They draw near to me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They teach doctrines that have been corrupted by men, and they appear godly, but deny God's power.
0: That's something we all heard, didn't we? We're very familiar with this (laughs) belief. But if this were a true experience by Joseph Smith and a true message from God to Joseph Smith, and if Mormon President Nelson believes Joseph Smith what is he doing, associating and socializing and and exchanging gifts and compliments with the leader of a church that Smith said God's identified as being an abomination in his sight. That's Mm. what came to my mind a lot of the time.
1: Very curious.
0: This should raise actually a huge red flag even for the most faithful member of the LDS church. It should cause them all to stop and think very deeply about what was said. You see, Early Mormonism preached and taught that the Roman Catholic Church is the great whore of Babylon. Of course, as with so many things, what they taught is revelation from God then. They have backpedaled and redefined uh, many original teachings. And in this case, they waffled on who the whore of Babylon is. First, we want to quote from some original LDS teachings. Yeah,
1: this is from The Seer by Orson Pratt, page 255. All other churches are entirely destitute of all authority from God, and any person who receives baptism or the Lord's Supper from their hands will highly offend God for he looks upon them as the most corrupt of all people. Both Catholics and Protestants are nothing less than the whore of Babylon whom the Lord denounces by the mouth of John the Revelator as having corrupted all the earth by their fornications and wickedness."
0: So again, what's he doing rubbing shoulders with this horrible awful person that they're talking about? And to my knowledge the LDS has not denounced or some past teachings? Are you no, aware of any no. denouncing or renouncing? Or?
1: they push it away so we don't read them very yeah, often. But yeah. they don't—they uh, haven't denounced it.
0: Now, for those who may be familiar or may not be familiar with the Book of Revelation, which foretells future events, you can read about the whore Babylon in Revelation 17, 1 through five. It's also she's also referred to as the great prostitute. Yeah. In the October Mormon Conference in 1916, Hiram Smith said, quote, the great Catholic division of the Christian world the Catholic Church is a national liability to any country. <laughs> it wields a great power over the minds and the hearts of the children of men, but it is a power for evil rather than for good. It brings countless thousands regularly to confession. It rarely brings a single man to repentance and the abandonment of his sins. So again, they're criticizing the Catholic Church. They sure are. Uh, and, and I find it interesting that they're criticizing the Catholic Church for the practice of confession <laughs> when the Mormons themselves require confession to a patriarchal uh, head right, bishops bishop, and yeah, so on. So true. we quote, uh, we, we want to quote the reference to the whore of the earth as it's said in the Book of Mormon.
1: Yeah, many have read this. First Nephi 14.10, Behold, there are saved two churches only. The one is the church of the Lamb of God and the other is the church of the devil. Wherefore, whoso belongeth not to the church of the Lamb of God... Belongeth to that great church, which is the mother of abominations, and she is the whore of all the earth.
0: So here we've got a good foundation to prove that what we're talking about is putting the Catholic church, yeah. as well as others, in that category of being corrupt, evil, the whore of the earth, no good. All can come from them that, that uh, there's only two churches, uh, and and um, yeah. the only two, and they consider themselves the only true church. Yeah on the planet and all the other churches are piled into one the abominable church of the devil or the whore of the earth as it says in the Mormon Book of Mormon. The Mormon fundamentalists by the way all believe the same thing about their own organizations that they alone are true and all else is of the devil. We want to quote again or now from the Mormon seminary guide.
1: Yeah this is back in 2004 The Church of the Devil does not refer to a specific church, but to any person, group, organization, or philosophy that works against the Church of Jesus Christ and the salvation of the children of God.
0: Now, the LDS have always believed, as do the Mormon polygamy groups. What Bruce R. McConkie in Mormon (laughs) Doctrine, page 670, said, that... Quote, there is no salvation outside of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Sin. They all believe they, they believe that. Right. The Encyclopedia of Mormonism, however, starts to backpedal a little bit on, on some of these issues that we're talking about. And they try to explain what Nephi meant in the Book of Mormon <laughs> when he accused every other church of being the Church of the Devil.
1: It must be fun to try to do this and stay in in harmony with everything (laughs) on both sides of the issue. They
0: they can't. There's too much contradiction.
1: When Nephi speaks typologically rather than historically, he identifies all the enemies of the saints with the church of the devil. They are those from all nations and all time periods who desire to get gain and power over the flesh and to become popular in the eyes of the world who seek the lusts of the flesh and the things of the world, and to do all manner of iniquity.
0: Now, I found this quote very interesting. It's kind of like, take the plank out of your own eye, you know, as we go through this. By the way, we'll never find the term, the church of the devil, in the Bible. It's not there. Now, in the Book of Mormon passage in Nephi, the church of the devil is known by several sinful behaviors that he just read, one of them being that those who seek after the lusts of the flesh... Now, we know of the sexual abuses scandal that has plagued the Catholic Church now for several decades. Their priests are seeking to fulfill the lusts of their flesh by sexually abusing and molesting and raping young children, especially little boys. We also know of many scandals among the bishops and the priests and other spiritual leaders in the LDS Church. Uh-huh. And the Mormon fundamentalists, beginning with Joseph Smith, have always been involved with the sexual lusts of the flesh. According to Mormonism... This is a sign of the church of the devil. Now, before they charge the rest of the planet of being part of the church of the devil, they need to look in the mirror. They need to take the plank out of their own eyes before claiming to be the only true religion. By their fruits, you shall know them. Another interesting note is that in early Mormonism, many derogatory sermons uh, were preached from their pulpit, charging that Rome wickedly denounced polygamy and enforced monogamy. Well, Jesus denounced polygamy and affirmed monogamy. We have a quote about that.
1: Yeah, this is from Brigham Young, <laughs> the Journal of Discourses, Volume 9, 322. Monogamy, or restrictions by law to one wife, is no part of the economy of heaven among men. Such a system was commenced by the founders of the Roman Empire. The scarcity of women gave existence to laws restricting one wife to one man. Rome became the mistress of the world and introduced this order of monogamy wherever her sway was acknowledged. Thus this monogamic order of marriage so esteemed by modern Christians as a holy sacrament and divine institution is nothing but a system established by a set of robbers.
0: Wow, that just makes me gasp when They're I read so those. They're so
1: bold and <laughs> <laughs> dramatic in their statements. Uh-huh. And, and, uh,
0: and and condemning monogamy which God set in place with Adam and Eve.
1: I know. You know from
0: the very beginning he and set a, monogamy. And
1: uh, blame Rome for the uh, and
0: Rome's monogamy. to blame for it, right. Yeah. And they blamed, So, so this is another reason we wonder why president nelson is rubbing shoulders with with this person now they referred to the roman religion as a set of robbers and the mistress of the world and now uh president nelson is cuddling up to the leader (laughs) of a religion that joseph smith and early mormonism claimed was an abomination to god so where does hypocrisy end in the mormon system
1: i don't think it does to be honest
0: it seems to be Constantly. getting even more yeah. more evident. Orson Pratt again said this about the Catholic Church.
1: The apostate Catholic Church with all her popes and bishops together with all her harlot daughters shall be hurled down to hell. <laughs>
0: Like you said, they're so bold in what they're saying about all these things. Now, we're not taking sides one for the other. We're not taking one side over the other on this. We're just laying out uh, these events in light of historical Mormon teachings. We have another quote from the Encyclopedia of Mormonism.
1: Yeah, the angel who explained the vision to Nephi emphasized that this great and abominable church would take away from the Bible and the gospel of the Lamb many parts which are plain and most precious, and also many covenants of the Lord.
0: Okay, now Thanks we're... The plain we, and precious stuff, huh? Yeah, plain and precious thing. And we're moving now into another reason why they believe the Catholic Church is so abominable. Right. Um, and we were also told in the polygamy group that the Catholic Church stole genuine manuscripts of the Bible, and replace them with their own false doctrines, and thus taking away many of the plain parts and precious parts that that they said were previously there. However, just a very little bit of research uh, just I proves that know. that That's cannot crazy. be true. Yeah. Um, And God expects us, in fact He has commanded us in in 1 Thessalonians 5.21 to test everything and hold on to the good. Now that is a commandment, it's not a suggestion. However, I find very few people who ever really do that. Now a quick search on the internet provides information that the Catholics did not destroy the early Bible manuscripts.
1: But you hear that over and over again as a child and growing up yeah. and you just you don't research it, you don't think about it, you just accept that just as truth. And when you really start looking, like you say, a quick search, it, it falls apart pretty quickly. And this is from BibleBelievers.com. The first actual pope in Rome was probably Leo I between 440 and 461 A.D., although some claim that Gregory I was the first pope between 590 and 604 A.D.
0: And then I found another uh, website that said that Boniface III <laughs> in, in A.D. 606 marked the beginning of the Roman Catholic Church. So we've got three dates here.
1: Many centuries, and that, that,
0: right? <laughs> right. And so that gives a lot of leeway here to prove or disprove those, those charges. Uh, whether it was 440 A.D., 590, or 606, it was hundreds of years after Bible manuscripts had already multiplied into the thousands even taking the earliest date. How could the Catholics have completely destroyed all those manuscripts? There were thousands of manuscripts and fragments of manuscripts already distributed throughout, throughout the known world. And in comparing them today, we discover that the biblical text we have today is the same as before the Catholic Church even existed. <laughs> now a question. Since the LDS believed the Catholics removed plain and precious things, we wonder if during their visit, <laughs> President Nelson challenged the Pope to maybe restore them?
1: <laughs> Pull them back out and...
0: Give them back to us. Yeah. And another question, if the Pope is infallible yeah. and the Mormon prophet cannot lead the people astray, yet they have opposing doctrines, which one <laughs> right. is the authentic church and the authentic leader? Well, President Nelson said this.
1: Yeah, in the Desert News, March 2019, the differences in doctrine are real and they're important, but they're not as nearly as important as the things we have in common.
0: Oh, so here we've got the the basics now. Doctrine's not that important. Doesn't truth even matter anymore? And that's where we come in with, yeah. with what we want. We want to make sure that the truth remains important in people's eyes. Differences in doctrine are not as important as the charity work according to them, right. the charity work they do together. D- Jesus Christ does not agree with you, President Nelson. Jesus Christ told us otherwise. Good works without sound doctrine is merely filthy rags to God.
1: Yeah, these two quotes from Isaiah, chapter 64 and and chapter 57. All of us have become like one who is unclean, and all our righteous acts are like filthy rags. We all shrivel up like a leaf, and like the wind our sins sweep us away. And uh, I will expose your righteousness and your works, and they will not benefit you.
0: Very clear. Very clear what works works is without sound doctrine. Self-righteous works, while ignoring or trampling on the truth, supply no benefit for you or earn merit with God. Sound doctrine is vitally important. Both the Pope and, and uh, President Nelson needs to know that and is more important than the ecumenical charity work. And we have some verses to back this up.
1: Yeah, the first one, 1 Timothy 4.16. Watch your life and doctrine closely. Persevere in them, because if you do, you will save both yourself and your hearers. Titus 1.9 says he must hold firmly to the trustworthy message as it has been taught so that he can encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. And in Titus 2.1, you must teach what is in accord with sound doctrine.
0: Did you notice the word must used here? The (laughs) word must. Sound doctrine is important. It must be taught. It must be adhered to. It Um, must be followed. It doesn't say anything about charity work being okay. Okay. (laughs) celebrate our differences. Sadly, these men have been exalted higher than they deserve and they are receiving honor that is reserved for God alone. They are both mere men They're both sinners, like the rest of us, in need of salvation, which comes through the blood that Jesus Christ shed on the cross. It doesn't come from any church and certainly not from either one of their churches. Yet both men teach works in addition to Christ's sacrifice, which God has warned results in eternal condemnation. Jesus warned religious high officials against their exercise of authority over others.
1: I think he got after them quite often, didn't he? <laughs> he did. Mark ten forty-two through 45 says this. Jesus called them together and said, You know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many."
0: Now we've used these verses before, and and they're relevant again here as well, and they pretty much sum up Jesus' opinion of this historic meetup. And finally, the LDS church and the polygamy groups have always taught that there is no salvation outside of their church. We wonder, did President Nelson inform the Pope that he cannot have salvation unless he joins the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints? I doubt that he even came close to saying anything like that to Pope Francis. And of course, we do pray that both of these leaders will humble themselves before the God of the Bible and seek him in spirit and in truth and receive his salvation as a gift the precise way that everyone else on this planet receives eternal life at the foot of the cross of Jesus Christ and throw out everything else that they're depending upon. We now, can only pray. <laughs> yeah, we can only pray, Him. Yeah. We we recently addressed the topic of the LDS Church radically making changes in the use of their name. And they threw out the word Mormon and told the world to use their full uh, The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints designation. Well, I want to visit that for just a minute here again. Evidently, they've been very busy changing websites and and other social media names and so on to reflect their full name. But on March 7th, um, the Religious News Service published an article explaining why using their full Name won't work, especially with the news media. Now, the writer reminds readers that several years ago, the Mormon Church heavily promoted the use of the name Mormon. I know that's
1: what they, they
0: had the, the campaign. Uh, I'm a Mormon, and then they yeah. had the movie Meet the Mormons. Right. Oh, you know, and then suddenly you can't use Mormon. Now he listed a few reasons why he and others who write newspaper columns or present news in other media will continue to use the words Mormon and LDS in their articles and headlines. And we have a few reasons that he wrote of why that will be.
1: Yeah, this is kind of fascinating. Brevity is the soul of wit. Mormon is a single word that can function beautifully as either an adjective, Mormon meetings, Mormon foodways, Mormon theology, or as a noun, I'm a Mormon. Asking reporters who get eight to 10 words for a headline to take up more than that allotment with the full institutional name of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is not reasonable.
0: And it's not, absolutely it's not reasonable. Another reason, the second reason that he said is that the church wants to emphasize the name of Jesus Christ. He quotes them, the invitation to use the full name of the church is an opportunity for Latter-day Saints to refocus their lives on the living Christ. Well, he said, that's wonderful, but Mormon spiritual development as disciples of Christ has nothing to do with how journalists do their jobs. Members of the media do not have a mandate to emphasize the name of Jesus Christ in the course of doing their nine to five jobs, just because one denomination has told its members to do so.
1: Good for him. <laughs> and the next, next one, next part of it, he says, it's not journalists' job to adjudicate faith claims. Built into the request to use the full name of the church is a claim to theological superiority. This is THE Church of Jesus Christ. If a church's full official name includes a theological claim, it's not journalists' responsibility to affirm or deny it. For For example, the world's largest denomination is officially called the Holy Roman Catholic Church, but journalists call it the Roman Catholic Church. Probably Catholic Church. Whether it's headquartered in Rome is a fact journalists can verify. Whether it is holy is way beyond our pay grade.
0: <laughs> Very good. I like that, and that's true. I do. Now, Bill McKeever of MRM.org also commented on this reason for Christians not for for Christians uh, not being obligated to refer to the Mormons as the Church saying the Church of Jesus Christ is affirming something that as Christians we cannot affirm. Now, biblically, the Mormons are not The Church of Jesus Christ. Besides dozens of other reasons, they have officially admitted they do not even believe in the historical biblical Jesus. Good point. So as biblical Christians, we would be denying the biblical Jesus and the biblical gospel if we referred to an unbiblical church as the church. We have to stick to and embrace the truth as revealed in and by Jesus Christ alone. We skipped point number two, or number four for for the sake of time, but we're going to combine numbers five and six of why he said they will not use that full name.
1: Yeah, okay, so Mormon is what our readers know. Mormon is what our readers Google. As I noted in this column in October, for every time the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is searched on Google, Mormon is searched between 75 and 100 times. Journalists' job is to give our readers accurate information when and how they need it. If the word Mormon is what they are using, it is what we will also use. Yeah, makes sense.
0: Good, yeah, good sensible thing. And it it doesn't make sense, you know, when I do a Google search, to have I to type all this long, long, long yeah. wording, people don't want to do that. Yeah. And so. And they're not
1: going to lose the website Mormon, so no. you know typing Mormon is, we'll take care have of it. Have they decided
0: so. what they're going to do with the name Book of Mormon? Is that going to remain? Do you know? Well,
1: yeah, that's a title. I mean, that's yeah, I don't think that'll change. <laughs> but, yeah, <laughs> no, they won't change that, I'm Sure
0: and he and Joseph Smith changed it in 1834 from the Church of, of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints to the Church of Christ
1: yeah, and then he also then, called it the Church of the Latter Day Saints at one point. Right. it Did Didn't even have the name Jesus Christ right, in it. Right. Right. So.
0: And that was in 1834. I'm sorry, I got I've got that wrong. I that don't, was in I don't know the date And then they voted it. later to bring back the Christ yeah, and put in it. The so whole name. What you know? They just waffle back and forth in so many things. You know, the word and the word Christ, by the way, is in the name of many polygamy well, sure, groups. Sure. Sure. So does that make them the only true church <laughs> as well? We have only a couple of minutes left in today's program, and we briefly want to update you with the latest about convicted polygamist from Canada, Winston Blackmore, who's being forced to sell off properties because of his debt. Um, We got this information from an article in the Vancouver Sun, written by Daphne Bramham. Um, and it's got some good information if you want to look that up. Anyway, Blackmore has 27 wives and 149 children. That's
1: shocking.
0: I know it. And uh, he was convicted legally in a court of law in Canada for uh, practicing polygamy. And over the past 20 years, he has squandered their inheritance, his inheritance, uh, by paying legal fees and other financial debts. In March 2015, Blackmore owed Canada over $2 million in back taxes, penalties, and interests. Two years later, his debt had ballooned to four times more than the value of the assets that the Canadian government had seized. Have you noticed how much polygamous costs the the governments? They certainly take advantage, or try to, don't they? Yeah, anyway, we have a quote here. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, from the Vancouver Sun. On one return, Blackmore claimed an income of 51773 Revenue Canada said he earned 805146 It's expensive having such a large, fa- large family, <laughs> yes, sir. 149, 149 children and 27 wives. But over the past two decades, Blackmore has spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on legal fees, much of which hasn't been related to polygamy or religious freedom.
0: Well, that might interest some people. One of the many reasons for the financial problem is this.
1: And there was another strange case. In, tw- in 2015, Blackmore was sued by the mainstream Mormon church after he registered the name Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. He lost in British Columbia Supreme Court and was forbidden from using any variation of the mainstreams church's name or the word Mormon.
0: Okay, now I can understand the church doing that, you know, with him being polygamist and they've disavowed polygamy, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But it's interesting that that he can't use the name Mormon, and now neither can the members of the LDS Church use the word Mormon. Maybe they'll let him use the word Mormon again now that they've disavowed it. But you know, it's all nonsense. It, it has nothing to do on the for the gospel, uh, for doing things the God's way, the right way, the biblical way. Or in the belief of God, none of that has anything to do with any of it,
1: and not certainly with your salvation. Turning to the, the cross, as right. you
0: say, right? Yeah. Right. It's all. It's all Jesus. Yeah. None of this other stuff. Jesus is the center. Jesus is it. Okay. Well, that's Good another job. program, Good Earl. Job, Doris. Thank you. Thank you. you. Thank Appreciate you. it very much. You know, in, in the 1961 LDS conference, Marion G. Romney said, quote, This church is the way, the truth, and the life. In A.D. 33, a man by the name of Jesus Christ, as quoted in John 14:6, said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So who do we believe, the Mormon church or Jesus Christ? All Mormons and polygamists have to make this choice. To choose Mormonism results in rejecting the true Jesus Christ. To choose Jesus Christ, you will have to reject Mormonism and all their doctrine. Jesus will not share his glory with polygamists or with the Mormon church. And this is serious. It's important that you choose sides. And don't sit on the fence because the fence belongs to the devil. Jesus Christ is the only way, the only truth, and eternal life. We hope you choose him. or call us at 1-800-877-425-9993.